stand your ground because I can guarantee you if you know what your worth is and you tell them and you want to work with a good company because then they'll come back to you and want to keep working with you, they come back. Hey, babes, it's Kayla Craft with the Mommy Millionaire Podcast. I'm a mom of three littles, ER nurse turned self-made millionaire and lifestyle entrepreneur. I am bringing you inspiring stories, business and mindset tips to help you be shameless in pursuing your ambitions. Hey, Mommy Millionaires. Okay, I am so excited about today. You guys can see I'm in my home in Newport Beach and we have a special guest for you. But first, I wanna remind you that if you have not checked out our Facebook group, the Mommy Millionaire Community. There's so many amazing women in there that are ambitious and trying to support each other in business. So this is a completely free Facebook group that I love for you to join. So make sure to head over to Facebook to join today. How many times can I say join already in the first 30 seconds of this? But first, I also want to shout out the review of the week. All right, the review of the week comes from Amanda Hetzler. She says, I love this podcast. Kayla has the best energy and is so down to earth. It's so inspiring and makes me dream bigger and want more for my life and my families. And she gave us a five-star review. So Amanda, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to do that. That's how we get this podcast into more people's ears and help them create financial freedom in their life. So thank you. Okay. Now on to today's guest. She is a part of the Mommy Millionaire Mastermind for 2020, and I'm really excited because she found me through this podcast. So it kind of comes full circle. She's now on the podcast and is going to be bringing you amazing tips. Her name is Brianna Kaler. You guys can find her on Instagram at Bits of Brie. Find her on YouTube at Brianna K. And the reason why I bring up her YouTube and nobody else's is because she has a quarter of a million subscribers with tens of millions of views on this channel. If you need help cleaning, organizing, decorating, she is your gal. You guys, she was able to quit her job as a teacher and come home to be with her two little kids and husband. And she's created a multiple six-figure income doing YouTube, you guys. This is crazy. And she's going to be teaching you guys today how you can do it too. So welcome, Brianna, to the show. Thank you so much for having me and having me at your house. It's beautiful. Thank you for coming. So you just arrived today. You came all the way from Cleveland, Ohio. And do you think you want to move to California or what? It's beautiful, especially this time of year in Ohio. (laughs) It's freezing. There's snow. I even asked my Uber driver, can we please just drive up the PCH because it routed us another way. And I'm like, I just want to look at the ocean and the sunshine and it's gorgeous here. This is the best place. So I'm glad you're here. Now, I know like you had to do a lot of work to get to this moment, right? Like, did you ever think you would be a part of like an entrepreneur mastermind? I always hoped. I'm a big believer in manifesting things. So ever since I was a little girl, I had always aspirations to be a businesswoman. One of those things I manifested was I'm going to have a corner office downtown. Achieved that, which so that was pretty cool. But I think every time I would listen to either a self-help podcast or hear somebody talk about a mastermind, I would be like, I want to join a mastermind someday. Mm -hmm. I just think it sounds amazing to be a part of women supporting women and growing together. So something I manifested that I'm so happy to say, here we are. Yay. Okay. So how did you get started in this YouTube world? Like, 
Because when you were a kid, there was no YouTube. I know. It wasn't something I could manifest right. way back then, right? <laughs> you didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> I went to college for broadcast journalism. Okay. So by way of the economy crashing back in 09, I ended up going to grad school, learned about Teach for America, and that was how I became a teacher, which okay. was a program where you could be a teacher if your degree wasn't in education. So what made you want to do that? What was like, I need to be a teacher then? Um, I was a first-generation college student. So I think there was always something in my heart that if I could help other people like me from a really humble background, be the first in their family to go to college and just have opportunity and sort of what you stand for, like that mm-hmm. economic freedom, it's actually really, really hard to achieve depending on where your kind of starting off point yeah. is. So if I could help others see a pathway to college, I really wanted to be a part of that. And oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's really what Teach for America is all about. They recruit So is some, that still a program right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, I think, almost nearing its 30-year anniversary. Okay. But it initially started off recruiting at very elite colleges and universities, so the Ivy Leagues, and getting sort of the theory of change behind it is get the top graduates, so whoever's at the top of their class, go to be teachers, and kind of with that kind of change the trajectory of kids growing up in poverty across the country. So I like it. Yeah. So you're being a teacher, and then how, I mean, you did that for a couple years, and then you're yes. What? I was recruited by Teach for America to say, hey, you're from Ohio. We don't have any recruiters in Ohio. Would you be interested in recruiting from some of the colleges there? So So then you kind of turn into a salesperson, right? right? You're like, hey, this is great to be a teacher. Take this salary. Like, how did you do that? How, like, how did you know enough to be like, this is, I could rock this out as a salesperson almost? Um, It's funny. I feel like my dad was a salesperson for his whole life. And when I would go on, like, take your child to work today, and I would just ask him, why are you so good at your job? He would say, I always learn about people. And I learned about their background and their family and, like, why they get out of bed in the morning. And then I can make the connection of, like, why they might need something. Oh, my gosh, yes. So I feel like I got that advice from him. And, yeah, just kind of ran with it and... I think it also helped. I was doing something I was very passionate about. I had done the job myself that I was recruiting mm-hmm. for. So I could really speak to here's what it looked like for me and learning people's stories. Say, here's why I think you would really enjoy this yeah. job too. So at that point, did you have kids yet? No. Okay. So you're like hustling, not having kids yet. Then you become an executive in the public school district, right? Right. Okay. And so this is where I would... That seems intense. Yeah, it's kind of part of, I think, one of your... why How you're shameless in your business. Um, The head of HR for Teach for America was based in Cleveland. Okay. And I happened to hear from my manager, oh, maybe you could connect with her since you're both based in Cleveland and not that many people are. So we'd gone out for appetizers. Around the time when she got hired to be the chief talent officer... I reached out to congratulate her and she goes, can you send me your resume? (gasps) Wow. And so that's how it worked out. I'd started in a director role and within a little over a year had really just had had kids yet, I'll be honest with you. So I was throwing my all into that job and got promoted to an executive role where I had that corner office and wore my blazer and my high heels every day. Like I pictured as, you know, a middle school girl of this is what my life's going to look like someday. So, so you're in that. That's amazing. Congratulations. I feel like most people would never be able to do that, but you got there because you were a people's like person almost, right? You're just like, did the right thing and congratulated somebody. A lot of people have been like, oh gosh, you know? So that's amazing. Yeah. All right. There is something to that. And I would say I had multiple points in my life where I either wasn't afraid to talk to the person in the leadership position and just 
address them person to person. Obviously, I wasn't disrespectful, but just get to know them and so that they knew who I was as well. Mm-hmm. But also never being that catty, competitive, undermining person. Like I think it goes a long way to mm-hmm. show kindness and be excited for someone else's success because then you never know when they might see an opportunity to bring you along yes. into success too. Oh my gosh, that gave me chills when you said that. I <laughs> love that. Great advice. Hopefully you guys wrote that down. Now, um, you're in, in this executive role and do you have kids at this point? Um, I did. I had my first son. Okay, so yeah. is that that's where things started to change for you because you're like, okay, I don't like leaving and going to this corner office anymore. Uh, it wasn't that. It oh. was more YouTube kind of, I really believe God led me to everything in my life. All of those jobs, I needed skills to do what I'm doing now. It was, I had him and I was going back to work and I had followed all of these other YouTube moms, pregnancy updates where every week they would say, here's what I'm experiencing. And it just felt like I had girlfriends on YouTube hearing oh their gosh, stories so and none of them are going back to work. All of them were stay-at-home moms. I understand now why, because they're good businesswomen with their yeah. YouTube channels. But I was like, maybe I'll just start putting out some videos for my son. I wanted to do monthly updates instead of a traditional baby book. I was just going to talk about them, sort of like the pregnancy updates, but baby book style. What a great idea. Yeah. So I started doing that and just sharing tidbits of like, and as a working mom, here's what I'm dealing with pumping, or here's something I'm dealing with having to travel for work and leaving my baby and how I feel about it. And that's when it started just kind of organically growing. Like It was truly just for me to look back on. I say like my YouTube then was all selfish just so I could look back on so my kids could look back on someday. But then the people commenting who could just relate were like, see your decor back there. Can you do a decoration tour? Like, how do you keep your house clean if you're working this like nine to five job? And that's when I started doing some more of the, okay, behind the scenes, here's what I do on the weekends or here's what I'm doing after work. So how long ago was this? What year was this? So my son will be five in April. So... It would be like four and a half years ago. Okay. So it was like around August of 2015. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So this has happened like pretty quickly for you. Right. I mean, so, and then when did you quit your job? So it was summer of 2018. So three years of going hard at this YouTube thing. Yes. And then you're Well, like, I wouldn't say going hard. I, like, and that's what I would say. It was truly pretty much up until that point, just for me, it kind of grew. But you had to be making money in order to quit your job. Um, right. Well, it kind of grew in waves because then I got pregnant with my daughter, my okay. second baby, and I did that weekly pregnancy update. So I think it was the same thing as how I related to those original girls that I followed. Yeah. Some more people kind of joined in. And my dad has, well, he had MS. Uh, he had a fall that summer. And kind of the way that seasons work with school is like summers, if you're going to transition, is the time to transition. And I just realized he needed to move to very full-time care. I also had two little kids at home that I had guilt over leaving because my job required very frequent travel. I was traveling all the time. What were you um, What the heck did you have to travel for? Like conferences or like? Yeah, confer- honestly, there was so many conferences or just when it comes to recruiting, I would oh, okay. have to go to different colleges and universities and, you know, speak to people or manage the people who were recruiting and kind of see them in action and coach them. And that's on- fun when you don't have kids. But when you start to have kids, you're like, oh. Well, I still, I enjoyed travel is one of my love languages. I joke. It's like one Gary Chapman didn't discover, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still enjoyed aspects of it, but it's hard every single time oh my to gosh. leave. It's no, bittersweet. Yeah, I, I mean, from... It's like something like you can't ever get that time back ever. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't regret it, you know? And I still do love to travel for work and stuff, but I do not travel as much now because they need you more as you get, as they get older. Yes. You know? Yes. So 
Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you're in this like role in summer, your dad gets sick. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so he had a fall and I truly just prayed like that month. I said, God, if I am able to just do YouTube, cause I had been making, I had gotten some offers for some things and it was truly side money. It was like, this is our fun vacation money. Or if I wanted to update something around the house, yeah. I just use it as fun. Cause I had that steady income coming in from my job. And I just prayed. I was like, if I can be with my kids more and take care of my dad this month, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to make as much on YouTube as I would my salary job. And I'm not kidding you the next day. I got a slew of emails that it was double what I was making at my other job. Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I heard Sorry. you. Yeah. And honestly, I'm so glad I did because within a matter of months, my dad went on hospice and mm-hmm. I think if anybody is listening, who's followed, they kind of know that it just took a huge toll on me. It took a toll on a lot, but I think because of the community on YouTube, like they support me as much as, you know, they say, oh, you support me because you got me motivated to clean or you inspired me to decorate and you helped make my home and my family so happy. Like they supported me so that I could be with my dad and they gave me time I never would have had. Like I would have been gone every week traveling and they would not have had those conversations with my dad. So I'm just so thankful and yeah, (laughs) couldn't feel more lucky. So he, I mean, with MS, he was still talking to you and stuff like that. It was just a decline in his body. Yes. I mean, he was a fighter. It was not, he passed away Father's Day of 2019. So he literally fought from his fall in August. It was the very last day of July, but August is when he went into rehab. By September, he was put on hospice. They thought they were like, we don't know how much longer. So was he in a home or was he at? Yes. He was in an intensive nursing. Okay. Yeah. Home because of everything that was going on. That's where I said he, he was a fighter. And I think he showed me. Yeah. I mean, really from August until June, I mean, there was so many calls I would get from the doctors. Like, we think it's probably going to be a couple weeks or like maybe only one more month. They're like, we're seeing these signs. And he would every single time like rise up again and like still be there. Now, where's your mom in this? um, My parents are divorced. So, yeah. So you were his like person. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Where was your mom at? Like, are they close at all? No. Yeah. They like completely, yeah, after the divorce didn't have contact. How long have they been divorced? I was, you know, it's fine. And I share this everywhere. Well, everybody's, everybody listening is wanting to know these things. And I'm sure too, like other people just relate, like let's face it, like the divorce rate is like 50%. So I'm sure there's other people. Um, It was two weeks after I went to college. Oh my gosh. So you were an adult. I was in college. And I think the hardest part, my sister was in seventh grade. Okay. So it just felt like the two of us couldn't even at least be there for each other. So we all kind of processed it. Like, I think that was the hardest part. And sorry if I get a little bit emotional, but we were this like lovely family unit and to kind of have to all process it separately. Cause we did, like I was away. My dad immediately, he went into assisted living at that point. And yeah. And then my mom, she's a full-time working mom. My sister's in middle school. So it was kind of like everybody kind of broke. And I think that's just what's so sad about divorce. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day though, like there's stuff you learn from it and it's helped me in my marriage, yeah. right? To know like, these are the things that really matter. These are the things that I want to fight for or work hard on and make sure that for my kids that they have something different too, yeah. right? So 
Everything happens for a reason, but that doesn't mean it's easy. (laughs) No, it doesn't. But I mean, how do you think that that helped you become where you are today? Honestly, it's, it's so multifaceted what Mm -hmm. I learned for it. I think one that I just want to fight for my marriage in every way, shape or form possible, especially because I chose to bring kids into it. Yeah. Um, and I just know it's going to impact them and the rest of their lives. And to me, it just like, it's just family is everything. I think that's why I even I'm just so driven to be able to do what I do. Cause if I can figure out the ways to have more time with my family, you never know at any point when it's going to get, you know, taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Oh. So the fact that my dad also, I mean, he was only 67 years old when he passed away, which, so young. yeah. And just to think, okay, I want to make the most of every single moment that I'm given with my family while they're Mm -hmm. this age and for as long as I possibly can. Yeah. I love that. I love how you're like totally putting a smile on right now too. That's totally you. (laughs) That's me. Yep. I always try to make the smile and keep going. And well, I think that's what you had to do. Right. So that's also what it taught you was that like, Hey, like life goes on. Like, even though I have these things going on, I'm not giving up. Right. I'm going to continue to go. Like, you had your biggest year ever, right? This last year yeah. when your dad passed away. I mean, which is just what's crazy. That's where I tell you, God I led me to everything. Yes. yes. Like this is all because of him. And So let's talk about that because I yeah. think a lot of people want to resist that. They want to resist that it is that easy, right? I mean, obviously the work that you did wasn't easy at all, but you had to like do some tr- sort of trusting in him, right? You like, you go, Hey, you know, I don't know how this is going to happen, but like God's got this. How did you get to that spot? Like, talk to me about your faith. Um, I feel like it was instilled in me from both of my parents and from my grandparents ever since I was very, very young. And Mm -hmm. I feel so lucky to be able to say that, that I just feel like it's always come very, very naturally. I will tell you, I feel like it was very much tested though. And that's where I would say to anybody who's like, I'm questioning things or this doesn't feel right. Like at my lowest of low, I had the highest anxiety of my life. Like normally I always had a full plate my whole life. I did a ton of things and in school would take every single class I could without study halls if I could and join all these organizations. And I never dealt with like the anxiety that I felt when I was really questioning seeing my dad. It just felt like he was being tortured, honestly, at like the very end with like how much pain he was in. And to just get very candid, I remember at one point I even said to my like family, like, you know, God's own son died on a cross for, you know, a day. Whereas like dad's been here for weeks in pain. Like, how is this, like, how can this be possible? Like, this just doesn't seem fair. Um, but like, I get it. We all like, for whatever reason, all of us had things that we need to just take away and learn from that situation 100%. And so that's where I would just say, like, I'm just in such a place now where I see so many signs for my dad. Like I talked to you even on the way here, I saw names of things that came up all the time in our past history. And I just 100% have been like, okay, I'm like regrounded again. And like, I'm sorry, but I think everybody's faith is going to get tested. And it was really hard going through that. And I, again, it was a sickening. I felt so anxious, but like you have to get to a place where once you can find that again, it truly does kind of put you back at peace. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Seriously. You're amazing. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to Did I answer your question? Yeah, you totally did. Okay, just making yeah. sure. <laughs> I mean, I think people listening in, like, just to, like, see what I'm seeing is that, like, I truly believe that you choose your parents when you come here. 
because that's an empowering feeling to me. So I choose to believe that because I'm like, I chose to have that experience uh, with my parents. My parents got a divorce when I was five. And I mean, my parents are still friends today. And like my mom, they're so funny. It's so like dysfunctional, but they'll now call each other like, Hey, I need money. I need money. Like, and they're like, they've been divorced for whatever. Uh, how long? I'm trying to think. I, so divorced for almost 30 years and they still do that. Um, I'm like, this is the most dysfunctional thing I've ever seen. I'm like, why don't you guys just get married again? My, make my childhood dreams come true, please. Um, so I think like I chose to have that experience and I think you might not realize that now, but you probably chose to have that experience too, because this is going to help you for years and years to come in your business, being a parent, being a wife. And that's probably exactly what your dad would want too. Right. right? He sounded like an amazing person. He really was. I mean, I think it's interesting because I know there's sometimes like the mother-daughter bond and I feel like I definitely have that, but also the father-daughter bond was so important. And he did so good at making me feel empowered as a woman. He would say things all the time to me about, hey, I want you to join the golf team because someday if you're like a businesswoman, I don't want the guys to leave you out of a conversation on the golf course. Like I want you to go and hold oh your own. Gosh, like he just was think to like say he that? did. Amazing. So it just always made me feel like he believes in me and like doesn't not only be like, oh yeah, dream whatever. He's like, no, when you're gonna do this someday, yeah. <laughs> you need to make yeah. sure you can handle this. He so. really set you up for success. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Okay, so you're on YouTube and now you're like, because I, I already see this about you, like you're you're a go-getter. I feel like are you a little bit competitive? Too. Only like, with you myself. Want to be the best. You want to be the best. No. What? I and I I think it's probably a funny thing to say because even though I whenever I take a personality thing, it's like achiever. And yeah, you're yes. Yeah. I'm definitely an achiever. Like I want to be able to look back on my life and be like, you did great things. But I'm gonna tell you, I think sometimes when you say I'm gonna be the best, it's sort of that effect of I didn't bring people along with me who could mm-hmm. also be successful. That's a good point. Because you kind of like drop people off or like hit yourself against people. And I just don't like that. The only person I want to be against is myself and just be better than who I was yesterday and continue to that. do that. Yeah. I love that. And I, but I also think in this day and age, you can be competitive and because there's so many people that can be at the top with you. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. But yeah, you're a total achiever. I love that. Okay. I love that because now like you've done something that most people will never do, you know, 250,000 subscribers on YouTube, but that's probably now your benchmark. Like you're like this, that's nothing. We're going to 500,000. Like, right. Right. You're going, you're striving for more. What the heck? How did you get to 250,000 subscribers? I'm at 700. Okay. Like, hi, help me out. Um, I would definitely say collabing with other people is huge. Yes. See, that's the same way with podcasting. Yes. It doesn't work. Like every time I post on Instagram about my podcast, like nobody even pays attention. But if I go on another person's podcast, then my podcast downloads will go up. Right. So, so YouTube is sort of a similar thing because I think that's how people get to see you and hear just somebody else's interactions with you too to know like, oh, okay, she does seem interesting. I'll go check her out. So tell me, what does a YouTube collaboration look like? Because podcasting, it's just, you know, we, we do a podcast swap, we'll do interviews. YouTube, I can't watch interviews on YouTube. I'm like, this is boring. But tell me, I mean, well, you guys are watching now. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think sometimes, because sometimes I'll listen to certain things on YouTube, like a podcast. Like I just set it down while I'm cleaning yeah. or something. Okay. So I think it can just be your medium over where you get the podcast. But what do you do? 
if it's somebody who's close in person, it could be something where I'm going to go over your house and help you actually clean or decorate something. A lot of them though, because we're all over the world, that's what's so cool about YouTube. Like just on Monday, I collabed with somebody who lives in the UK. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah, Yeah. so we'll just send each other footage of our videos. And I kind of shared, here's what I really love about her, her channel, her home, how she's like as a mom so that people watching can still see a little clip and be like, oh, I want to go see what her decorations look like or how she cleans her house or And so how do you qualify? Like, do they have to have a certain amount of subscribers? Like with, I feel like with podcasts, like you almost have to get like people like that are at the same level as you. Um, Tell me about that. I think there's definitely a courtesy with that, but you know, it's kind of one of those things, the more you grow or like the bigger you get, there's just less people there. So to me, I've always just done it by, if I see somebody's like video and I'm like, wow, I was actually inspired by that. Or like they had me watch that whole video because it was really, really good. I don't care the number that's next to your subscriber count. And I actually did have some people like way back when they first started, I watched a couple videos and was like, you're going to be huge. Can we collab, please? And I'm not going to have more subscribers than me now. So like, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just that whole thing of like, you- Just if you know that they're going to add value to your audience, collab with them. Yeah. Okay, that is And it's the same with brands. I don't know how much like you work with brands, but at least that's my stance on it. I will not promote a product unless I'm like, oh, I'm actually using this myself or like have tried it and been like, this really works and I love it myself. Because I think my audience would instantly know, like, they she would, would never use that. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. So recap number one, if you want to grow your YouTube or really any platform, you want to focus on collaborating with other people on the platform. And yes. if you want to do it via YouTube, you guys can share footage. I love, love, love that idea. And then on the footage, they just have your name, your YouTube name. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Now, what else did you do? I know playlists are a big thing on YouTube too. How many playlists do you have? I actually couldn't even tell you, but I definitely have a cleaning playlist, organizing playlist, different seasonal decor playlists. Do you clean out your stuff? Is or is YouTube? Is that like a no-no on YouTube? I yeah, I think everybody pretty much keeps all of their stuff on YouTube because even the initial reason I started was to look back on it. Yeah, and that's what I would tell you is for anybody, whether it's you want to start YouTube, an Instagram, a blog. I can tell you the stuff that I even sometimes a year ago look at can make me cringe. The stuff I look at three years ago, I'm cringing even harder. Like you just have to get started and keep on figuring out ways to improve. Cause if you try to be an expert from the very beginning, you're instantly going to crash or like you're holding yourself to way Mm -hmm. too high of a standard. And that's where I would just say, even people even comment now, like part of the reason you grow is because, oh, I see your videos are getting even better. Like you kind of have figured out what we like a little bit more. Like you've shown us some more or new things that you didn't used to do in the past. That's getting us really excited. So that's where I would just say to anybody, if they're like nervous about doing it, you just have to like rip off the bandaid, do it. And you're going to learn every video you make to make it even better. I totally agree with that. And like, I, everybody's first version is a disaster. Like my first version of mommy millionaire, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's embarrassing. Like I actually feel bad for those people that bought that course for me because it's like, you know, everybody has stuff that's not good and then it gets better. And then you have people that are like obsessed with your brand and like completely probably loyal. Okay. And I love them so much. They're called my loves, by the way. If like you're a subscriber on my channel, you're one of my loves. Yes. And 
Okay, I think that's important because like I call my people mommy millionaires, obviously. I think it's important with the community like that they feel. So do you have a Facebook group that goes along with it? I do have a Facebook group. And, and I will tell you, I think YouTube though is its own very active community so space. You, just, you get to know people just in the comments. Oh, yes. Okay. Comments. Do you for do the sure. YouTube stories too? You can do stories on YouTube now. And what's interesting, different than Instagram, they stay up for one week. So they don't burn out in 24 hours. Do you so, go on that and do it? Every time I'll like post a video or sometimes if I am like hanging out in the comments in a certain moment, I'll be like, go to the comments now and I can actually chat with you. My so. kids, like when they're like doing anything, they're always saying like, go to the comments, leave a comment here. Like when they're just talking, I'm like, you're not yeah. a vlogger yet. Like it's anyway. I'm so I always learn from them. Like now I when know. I'm like going live on something, I'm like, Hey, leave me a comment. Cause I sound like one of my kids. My son serious. Clearly I must say it all the time. His new thing. If I ever have him on the camera, he'll be like, okay, make sure you subscribe. <laughs> I'll be like, do I say that that much? Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I think that's a good point. I mean, you have to constantly tell people what to do. Like your audience yes. needs to be told what to do. 100%. And that's what I would say to any person. If you're like, why am I not growing? Ask people to share your stuff. Say, if you have another friend who might like what I'm doing, please share it with them. Or can you share this on your IG stories? Because then everybody then who's watching their IG stories can see it. Or, hey, if you like my video, it helps a ton if you share it over on your Facebook too. So do you think that YouTube is saturated? Like, is it too late to get started? You know, I've heard other people talk about that, but I would say no. And I would say the only other point I would have to somebody that we didn't touch on yet is you're going to keep getting better, but you do need to have your focus on are you always making your video quality and editing quality even better to keep up? Like once you kind of have it under your belt after giving it a couple goes, you do need to figure out how you're going to kind of enhance your- Did you teach yourself how to edit everything? I was a broadcast journalism major. You already knew how to do that. So you guys learned how to do that. I learned, I mean, I learned how to, I think, be a very fast editor for news stories. Yeah. I taught myself iMovie. I didn't learn that in school, but I knew the principles of shooting and kind of editing and packaging something. So is that so. what you use to edit your videos is iMovie? iMovie. Okay. And how long does it take you? Like if you were to do, cause I know you're like filming like all the time. How, how many new videos do you put out a week? The filming takes a lot longer. Okay. Cause if you just think about the time it takes for you to clean your entire house or like decorate an entire space or honestly, something's decorating, it's the prep. It's the like making my mood boards and knowing, okay, this is the decor I'm ordering. This is the decor that I have. Here's how I think it so will all look So do you ever together. show that behind the scenes or no? I've shown a little bit. Like I've shown some of the outfit coordination behind the scenes because that's another piece of it of like, okay, if we're taking family photos and I want this to all kind of go with what I'm doing for a certain brand that kind of has to fit into their color scheme too. There's you, a lot of thought behind you, it. Yeah. Do you film and edit all your own stuff right now? I film, edit all my own stuff. I do work with a photographer who takes the family pictures and she's amazing and such a good friend to me. So that's kind of how, but yeah, I film, edit and do everything myself. So when it comes to YouTube, I think people like you, you've touched on the fact that you don't have to be perfect to get started, Mm -hmm. but the editing really is what sets you apart from like the, the amateurs. Right. I think. So tell me about that. You use everything in iMovie. You create mood boards beforehand. What the heck? (laughs) Um, I love that. Actually, somebody that's coming to talk at our mastermind talks a ton about mood boards. And that was the first time I'm like, what? People really do that in real life? Okay, perfect. So on your YouTube channel, is it important to be consistent? Like you have to go like every Monday because with podcasting, it's very much like that. Like you have to show up for your audience. And is it the same way? Yes, I would say part of the reason why people can grow is because their audience does know I can tune in at this time on this day for a new video. And I would just say that's kind of how YouTube 
looks at things, they'll be like, okay, the first hour, how many people showed up? How many people commented? How many people liked things? And at the end of the day, YouTube is there to make money for YouTube, right? Right. right. So they're interested in, well, if more people are going to watch this video the first hour, we'll start suggesting it more with other people's videos that maybe are on a similar topic. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it is definitely in your advantage. If you're like, I really want to grow my YouTube channel, tell your audience when they can show up and be there for you because they'll be there for you. They love you. They're there to support you. And so... Okay. So those of you guys that are listening in right now, do you see her mindset? Like she doesn't think anything but that. And I think that's really important that that's the story that you're buying into is that people want to help me. People love me. Like, and a lot of people that are listening in right now, they struggle with that like mindset that like people aren't going to listen. People don't care. And you're always going to find proof for what you believe in your life. So you believe that people love you and support you. And so you constantly are finding proof that that is true for you. And if you need to look at data points, like if I'm a very data-driven person, because right, sometimes it's easy to let the emotion, like you read something that you're like, oh, they picked on me or like they said something really hurtful. And it's easy to fixate on that. But if I actually probably totaled up all my comments on YouTube, and I kid you not, I think it would be less than 1% that is a hurtful, hateful troll comment compared to, you did a good job. I liked how you did this. I learned this from you. You helped me do this. Like it is truly like such a minuscule amount, but it's so easy for our brains to fixate on that, right? And feel like I'm doing this wrong or I should fix this. Whereas if you can switch to the growth mindset and be like, all these people Mm -hmm. love this. So I'm going to keep doing this. You'll, that's when you start to see that success build and build and build. I love that, you yeah. guys. So go for the data. Don't just focus on the one thing. I get the same way. Like out of all of my reviews on pod, on my podcast, I've gotten like two bad reviews. And one was from a Donald Trump podcast that I did. And it wasn't even saying, hey, I like Donald Trump. Like I was just reviewing his book, right? And people went crazy. They're like, leave me Newport, not people, one person, right? See what my mind is? Yeah, one person. One person. I'm like, people went crazy. It was one person that went psycho and left a mean review. Um, God bless her heart. And like, I I went like in this like rabbit hole for like 30 minutes. And Kimmy was like, are you really seriously doing this right now? And so then she pulled up my reviews and was like, this is what this person said. This is what this person said. I'm like, oh, all right, you're right. But it is so, our minds, our unconscious minds are prone to negativity. Yes. And so it's just like, we need people in our life and tools in our life in order to redirect us. Yes. So that's huge. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. What if you were to be just starting YouTube right now, knowing all of the things that you know now, but you had to start from scratch, what would be the first thing that you did? Um, I would make sure I knew, cause one of the things I would go back and 100% change cause I was doing it per personal, figure out what my niche was on YouTube. Okay. So I would figure out if I'm going to do just like the cleaning and decorating, do I want to do more vlog style and sort of show my whole life and my day to day and really narrow it down. And if you kind of focus on your niche, eventually you can start sprinkling more in or like weaving in other things that you become passionate about because you have the audience that's there. But I think it's really confusing for an audience to be like, you did cooking one day and then the next day there was a vlog and then there was cleaning and you then kind of have pocketed audiences where they're like, well, I just like your vlogs. So I'm just only going to watch your vlogs. And it starts skewing your data because you're like, why aren't these videos doing well? Even though the comments might all be really, really positive, it's because only a certain audience who only comes for those things is coming. So So niche down. Yes. And then how many videos would you do a week? Um, I would start out doing two. Okay. I think, you know, 
kind of back in the YouTube heyday, it was really, really good for your channel. YouTube like seeing you do something every single day. YouTube actually though realized, wow, we're like really harming creators' mental health. Cause like the go-getters overachievers were like, okay, I'm going to pop out a video every single day. And now they're like, hey, it's actually okay if you're only posting once a week or twice a week that's not going to ne- negatively impact you in the algorithm or help you in the I algorithm. I think Instagram want that memo too. Instagram's doing the same thing. Yeah, because I only have been posting once a week now. Yeah. Um, it's nice. You can kind of... Oh, I, I, every day <laughs> to create something that was like life-changing is hard. You yeah. Know? It, it is. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to I get crystal clear with you on one more thing about YouTube, yeah. which is how you make money. Yeah. So tell me about that. How did you... And I know you started to get these emails. So people started to notice you. Right. You weren't reaching out to people. Right. Which is, that's like, what is the crazy thing I feel like about it is advertisers are so ready to jump on YouTube. That is what brands want is to see their products being used in videos. Because if you think about it, if you like saw your girlfriend, if you went over her house and she was actually doing something, wouldn't you be so much more likely to go get it than you just being like, oh... Oh, 100%. Yeah, like I yeah. saw it in a picture. Like it's yeah. just not as impactful. Totally. Um, so it's definitely what brands are seeking. You're really talking me into to doing a YouTube. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. But this is because everybody's always like, how are you doing this? You get Google ad revenue. Yes. So there is a difference between kids YouTube right now. So I just want to make that clear. If you want to do a kid's channel, those videos aren't monetized the way adult videos are on YouTube. You can make way more money as an adult. Right. Okay. Because you get Google ad revenue because Google puts video ads. It can sprinkle them in between your video before, after your videos. I have a question. Yeah. Can kids be in the adult videos and you monetize them? There's a little bit of... Oh, kind of figuring that this. out, you know, with the new COPA standards that YouTube kind of violated those terms and had to pay a really hefty fine. Okay. Most creators in the adult space are saying, you know, as long as the kid isn't the star, sole star actor, it's probably okay for them to be in the videos. But I think everybody's just kind of, at least in the cleaning decorating niche, is just like, well, my kid doesn't really have to be in anything while I'm cleaning and decorating, or they can be in a small portion so they're of kind it. Of just like playing it safe, yeah, keeping the kid out. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. So, talk to me about how um, you they pay per view that you get. Is that right? No, okay, it is if an me. ad is ran on the video and your viewers watch it. So that's where I would say when your audience loves and supports you, it's a known thing to be like, I'm not skipping ads on her channel. I never knew that. So now when I go to your channel, okay, that yeah. is really good. I always skip the ads. So yeah. I'm like, I got time for this. Yeah. <gasps> oh yeah. my gosh. So it's like, I'm going to throw you a bone and watch this commercial for you. Right. I so, love that. So they're doing that for you. Yeah. Oh, so that's how you really know. You're like, these people really love me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it really is. It's such like a sweet community yes. of people. Yes. And truly, I feel like what motivates me so much is, I, I mean, I hope people say I did this because I saw you do it, but I also have people who say like, you know, I have this disability and I can't do it. So it's so cool to live vicariously through you and imagine like how I could decorate my house. Aww. So do you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes I think on YouTube, there's this really cool, like people just love getting to try something yep. and feel like they're doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's really oh, cool. I love that. Yeah. Okay, that is really special. Yeah. So you're, I know you have huge goals in 2020. That's why we're working together. Yeah. Um, but are you going to be focusing on reaching out to your like dream brands? 
too? Or tell me about I that. think, so that's always been a part of it. So it's like, yes, you're getting the Google ad money. And then you also work with the brands who will pay, depending on if it's a, a video just for the brand is what's going to pay the most. But oftentimes your audience really isn't going to like that. So most YouTubers don't do videos like that. Okay. Unless it's like, okay, my people know I love my Apothic wine. If Apothic wine was like, we want you to do a video with different sangria recipes using Apothic, my audience knows and they're turning up for that. <laughs> she just changed, like, look, you can tell she really likes this wine. Oh, it's it's been a joke and multiple things of like still not sponsored because the amount that I talk about it and the fact that they have That's never paid hilarious. me a dime, it's it's a joke. Um, okay, so, t- so tell me about how that works. Like yeah. with, because I know like on social media, you can negotiate paid like, paid things, depending on how many views you get, you know, like that whole thing. How does it work on YouTube, how you get paid? Like with, when you're really working with the brand, does it go just based on views? I mean, there are some agencies, cause it's usually a brand agency working out. Sometimes you work directly with the brand and their marketing and advertising mm-hmm. team. A lot of agencies go by like a CPM. So they're like basing it off of if your average views on your channel are this, here's what we would pay you for okay. an integration. Sometimes though with brands, it truly is. They just know, wow, you're so loyal. Sometimes it is that people have tweeted at them and said, I mean, it's funny, Apothic finally gifted me some wine because they said they had so many people tag them on their Instagram stories for me that they gifted me wine. So sometimes it is your people that a brand finally notices and is like, okay, like we want to collaborate with you. So they might pay you a little differently because they know that you're a champion of their brand. Okay. If that makes sense. Yep. It's more worth their investment. Yeah. Um, what's the most you've made on a brand deal? And you don't have to tell us what the brand was. I just want to like give people an idea. Um, so I've made five figures for one video. Can I say that? Yeah, but like five figures, is it like 10,000? Because that's the low end of a five figure or is it like 50,000? Uh, no. Okay. So yeah, sorry. That was kind of, so the most I've made on just one video at this point was 15,000. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's amazing. Okay. Sponsored Cause I brands. like, I like that. So that was, and I'm sorry, I, should, I honestly, I shouldn't be quiet about it, but I will tell you this. If anyone in the YouTube space ever reaches out to me, just because you don't ever want to, I think upset an agency or a brand or make oh, them they, think yeah. anything. Um, but if somebody does reach out to me, and vice versa. There's been times where I'm like, you've worked with this brand or you've worked with this agency. Were they fair or did they go low or, you know, how did you feel about it? And that's how I kind of do my litmus test to know like, okay, here's like somebody who's paying us what we're worth at this point. But it is a really hard space. There's not like a union for YouTubers to be like, here's the going rate. (laughs) A lot of people have reached out to me on like for my social media and Kimmy, who's my assistant, who you probably talked to, she negotiates everything. And like most of the time she just tells people no, because everybody lowballs us. And I have really high engagement and I'm like, I'm not doing anything for less than this. And they're like, well, because you don't have millions of followers, you're not going to pay you that. I'm like, well, then I'm not posting about it. Thank you. Even if it's something I would like, but I'm like, I like, sorry, no. And that's what I would say, because this is a woman dominated industry. And that's where we have to break the like Oh, I'm just going to accept it because at least Heck it's something no. like, no, please. I, I say to every person, yeah. please stand your ground. Cause I can guarantee you, if you know what your worth is and you tell them and you want to work with a good company, cause then they'll come back to you right. and want to keep working yeah. with you. They come back. And I ha- I've had to do that multiple times. I've been like, look, this is my rate. So, you know, I, I kind of know I'm not going to accept anything that goes under this. And they generally come back I'll be like, and when you have room yes. in your budget, let me know. Cause I would love to work with you. And they come back. I love that. So I'm super excited for all the things that you've taught everybody today. What is one thing if people could take anything away from this podcast today? What would you want them to take away? 
So the one thing that I would just hope somebody would take away is if you feel like you're stalling on anything that's a dream in your head, don't stall and just keep manifesting what you want your dreams to be. And as a faith-based person, that to me means praying on those dreams Mm -hmm. too, of like, please give me an answer. You know, is this the right direction for me to be going in? How quickly do you want me to get there? Because I do think that, you know, he's answered in a really profound way in my life. And I think that's possible for anyone. And just don't ever think that you can't do something because I guarantee you, if your like, mind is really set on it and you pray on it and you work hard enough, you'll get there. It might not be in the timeline you want, but you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So it's like happens. ditch the timeline and just be obsessed with the way God's going to roll it out for you. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. So where can people find you? So on YouTube, my name is Brianna Kay. On every other social, I'm Bits of Brie. That's also my blog is bitsofbreeblog.com. Yay. All right, you guys. So I hope you loved, loved, loved this episode. If you're listening to the podcast, take a screenshot and share it with your friends. And just to recap here, Brie made it very clear that it is not too late to start YouTube. It is not too late to start anything that you've been dreaming about. The time is now and it's never going to be a perfect time. So just get going. And I really love the first thing that she said was collaborate with other people on that platform. So I'm going to hit hard on that. The second thing is stand at your ground when it comes to brands. Like don't take anything less than what you know you're truly worth. And the third thing that stood out to me is the consistency on the way you edit your videos too. I think that's very important. She taught herself all of these things on iMovie, you guys, hello. Um, If she can do it, a teacher from Cleveland, Ohio, you guys can do this too. So thank you, Mommy Millionaires, for listening in. Thank you for listening to the Mommy Millionaire podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to mommymillionaire.co. Make sure to follow Mommy Millionaire on Spotify and subscribe on iTunes. And it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review of the show. And as always, ladies, go out there and get what you want.